0: welcome back everybody this is todd sylvester with the todd inspires belief cast thank you once again for tuning in i can't thank you guys enough for all the support and the belief in me and and sharing these amazing stories with everyone you love and know it's been so fantastic we are we are trending on uh, google podcasts and apple podcasts because of you so thank you so much i want to thank my sponsors siegfried and jensen wasatch recovery thread wallets and the music you heard at the beginning of this and at the end of this podcast, the beautiful music is by my good friend, Paul Cardall, award-winning uh, uh, pianist. He's an amazing friend. And I thank him for allowing us to use his music. So yeah, today, guys, you're in for a treat. Um, I am probably the, usually the, the one that's blessed the most because I get to sit in front of the people who come on the show who have gone through some amazing, horrific, at times horrific things and have risen above it. And today is no different. Today we are joined by the author of Against All Odds, Peter Meyerhoff. Peter, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for saying my name correctly, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I said it right. Hey, I usually screw up, so I'm glad I got <laughs> it right. Yeah. right. yeah, You're one for um, one so far.
0: One for one. Yeah, Peter uh, is up here today from Arizona. He's going to be on my podcast. He's got a really busy day. He's going to go speak out at uh, the jail and prison. He's going to go impact lives today, and today we have the blessing of having him right here in studio. So thank you for taking some time. Absolutely, and, my pleasure. And you're a, you're a newly uh, father today. Yes.
1: Yeah. This is the only time I've been away from my baby, and I I'm not even joking. Last night on the car ride, I've I had I probably had 25 pictures alone sent to her. And I'm just like I'm like she's sleep. He's like he's sleeping. I'm like send me another picture. Yeah. He sends. It, I was like all right, yeah. send me another one. And then she's like I'm like take the blanket out so I can see his full body, and then send me the picture wow. like that. And I'm not even joking. I'm like yeah. I'm obsessed right now. Wow, I love it. Yeah.
0: And you know, and I might say because of what you've been through, I mean, everyone loves their kids, and it's a great experience, but. It may be more intense for you 100%. because of what you've been Two through. reasons.
1: One, I never thought I was going to have kids. I never thought I'd get out of prison. And then, two, it's like when you've been so low and so, like, just lost and, like, yeah. given up on life and to yeah. have something so precious that you never think that you deserve yeah. or even, would even have the opportunity to have, it's, like, just so precious to me. Like, do I cry every day? Wow. Multiple times a day still. Like, I'll get one picture and just cry. Yeah. Just by random picture. Yeah. Him doing nothing but making a stupid face.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Because
1: they're so precious, you know? And it's like. Yeah. And I look at him and I, you know what's crazy? I always think I'm like. I don't know if you cry or anything, like, I look at him and I'm like. I look at myself and I'm like. How could something so innocent. Like myself. How could I fuck my life up so bad?
0: Yeah. And and I want to say something. because so, so I have four kids myself. I have two grandchildren. One's a, a first grader and one just turned two years old. Nice. And I have that same feeling. When we look at a child, especially our own, I think there's two reasons why we get choked up. And I would love to hear your thoughts yeah. on this. One, obviously, because we love, love them. I mean, it's just automatic. Mm-hmm. But I think, two is that they are a reminder of who we really are. 100% because i think you see yourself like that's really who you are you're 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 born honest kind loving you're, you weren't born a criminal drug mm-hmm. addict liar manipulator we learn that later in life through trials and tribulations and stuff like that but is that fair to say like when you look at your son that's me
1: totally totally and it's it's like it's just different because he needs me to survive you know what i mean yeah. like it's yeah. it's just like i look at him I'm like dude this dude can't survive if i'm not here or you know yeah. it's like so it's just like the fact that, like, God would trust me with a human being's life now at this point in my life is just so crazy. So yeah. that part of it, you know, is crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, um, your story is going to be amazing. Um, I'm not going to go into all of what, because I want to hear it from you, but you, mm-hmm. you were 12 years in prison. Um, you, obviously, from doing, so, you know, really crazy. Bad stuff. Yeah. Bad stuff in your life. Um, not only did you go to prison, you kind of bought into the whole politics of prison and became... What they call a shot collar, yep. which I think a lot of our listeners don't know what that means, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in solitary confinement for eleven months. I can't even. I I don't even know if I could do it. A that was day. just the
1: last time when I was under investigation for an attempt at murder. Like I was. I've been in solitary for probably seven years total.
0: Yeah. I. I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like. So I mm-hmm. want to get into all that. But I couldn't either. Yeah. Know. So let's start. Where tell us a little bit about your childhood yeah, and a little sure. bit about your family, and then we'll, let's get into your story.
1: Yeah, so dude, growing up, man, I had it all. I was the. Uh, I grew up in a town called. It's called Avatuki. It's, it's Phoenix, and it's, yeah. it's like the nicer part of Avatuki. When I got to prison, of course, they all called it All White Tukey because it's like the oh, suburb area. But like, gotcha. I was, re- you know, I was in a studio part with my mom after she left my dad. But we grew up on an awesome cul-de-sac. Every house on the cul-de-sac had kids except one. So you know, playing sports the streets every day. You know, I was the best at every sport I played: basketball, yeah. football, boxing. All I did was play sports. Didn't touch video games. Yeah, yeah you and, look like a boxer. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you it really saved do. my life a lot when I went to prison. And um, <laughs> I bet. So I just you know played sports and was popular. I was in. I even had a. I was had a modeling agent at like mm. eleven. I was in a movie when I was thirteen. Like literally anything I wanted. Childhood was easy, bro. And so, even so. when my mom left my dad when I was like eleven, mm. and we went and stayed at you know we shared a studio apartment with me my mom and my brother i shared a bed with my mom until i was like 15 Mm. and but you know you just you just deal with stuff with your parents i didn't i didn't it honestly didn't affect me that bad i don't think you know it's when i got to high school everything changed you know my mom had left my dad now and she was a flight attendant so my brother went stayed with my dad i stayed with my mom i was a mama's boy and my dad's a hard ass. She's not, you know. what I'm saying, yeah, so I yeah. can manipulate her, and I'm not getting away with the stuff I'm getting away with at my dad, right? You know? Yeah. So yeah. You're playing the system. 100. <laughs> so, I get to high school. The easy way to get in with the older dudes is, you know, party party house on the weekend. So my mom's out of town almost every weekend. So I instantly get in with all the seniors because I'm having high school parties at my house. Right. Yeah. And, dude, one day, my me and my so me and my best friend his name was Brandon and he was the rich kid in school, the richest kid in school. And I was the, you know, I was like the troublemaker from a single mother, but like yeah. we were the two popular kids, you know? Yeah. And he'd asked me to take one for the team and hook up with this chick, Ashley. And my mom was out of town that weekend. We already knew we had the whole house to ourselves because he wanted to hook up with her friend, Lindsay. Yeah. And this chick, actually I'd known her since elementary school. Like I could have had her any day if I wanted to, I was still a virgin at this time was yeah. all I was concerned with was sure. sports and partying and stuff. Yeah. And, um, he asked me to take one for the team, so I'm like, okay, so we'll do it. And just like what you doing your kids, we're not even driving at this time. So her brother sneaks her out of her window, mm. and at like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, drops her and her friend off at my house with a bottle of Jack Daniels he gave us because we can't get alcohol, polish off half the bottle of Jack Daniels. We both lose our virginity that Friday night to both women. Go back. Everything's fine. Saturday night, come back. They sneak out do the exact same thing. Now we polish off the second half of that Jack right. Daniels. Yeah. Like clockwork, the exact same night to a T, she goes back home. God, it's just getting to the story just drives me nuts how this happened. Yeah. Because this is the part where I was just like, what the hell happened? Yeah. I go to call her that Sunday just to like chill and hang out. And she was like really short with me. It was like so weird. Like, it was like I could tell she was like acting like she was annoying. I was like, what is your deal? Like, whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll talk to you later or something. Get off the phone and don't think anything of it. I was like, that was weird. She's just being annoying, I thought. And Keep in mind, if someone just raped you, why would you be kind of friendly to them? You know what I'm saying, or even answer their phone call. Yeah. So, and debate hanging out with me. You know what I'm saying. She didn't say like say no. She's like she was being weird. I was like whatever. Whenever you guys make your mind, what you don't talk to me or something. I go into my house that night at my mom's house, and when I walk in the door, my mom's on the phone, and literally the next thing out of my mom's house is there's no way my son raped your daughter. And I literally grab the phone and I hang it up, and I was like, what the hell is that? She's like, that's actually Chance's mom. She's like, she said Mm. you had sex last night while she was sleeping. I was like, you are kidding me. To this day, the only thing I think would happen is she got yeah. caught sneaking in her bedroom window or something like that, and she was hammered, drunk, and it's the only thing that she could think of to take the blame off her because right. she didn't want to press charges, refused to take a lie detector test, and they did whatever the rape kit is on her, and they sh- so that she had yeah. she had, had sex, but nothing was damaged, just right. nothing was forced. Yeah, I I of course agreed to take a lie detector test. Um, it never went anywhere because she didn't want to press charges, but she went to school talking about it. Yeah. So. I went from being, like, the dude in high school to, like, that next day at school. Mm. They had to lock the campus down in the afternoon and, like, literally remove me from school and kind of tell me, hey, we've gotten so many messages here that, like, something bad's going to happen to you. Like, we don't know what to do, but to keep you safe, I would just leave school. So, they literally let me leave school in the middle of the day and, like, told my parents, like, I would just probably find another school. Like, we don't – we can't keep them safe here, you know? Yeah. And I went and gave up on life that day, you know? And – turned to, I knew everybody in Ahwatukee. So instead of hanging out with them, my, my pr- friends that are playing sports and in school, now I go hang out with the dudes that did drugs that weren't in school because I knew those kids. You I just never hung me, out with them. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So now I hit up these dudes and I the first weekend I go hang out with them. They I smoke crack, did crystal meth, ecstasy, and all this stuff for my first time ever. I'd never even seen these. I'd never even seen a person on these drugs before, let alone seen them and been right. offered them, you know? And I remember the first time he like got offered meth to me, he's like, dude, you'll love it. It's just a fun party drug. It's 10 times better than cocaine. It's like cocaine times 10 that lasts longer. I'm like... Whatever, and they're just like in my face. I'm like, so whatever. Like, so I all do right. it. Yeah, I do the meth, and I don't not do meth one day until I'm in rehab nine months later. You know, at 15 years old, and then, wow. of course, I get in rehab and in there for a couple of weeks, and now I'm just like, I got this shit figured out. I do the whole sob tears to my right. parents, cry yeah. my eyes out, and they take me out of treatment early. <laughs> yeah. The night I get out of treatment, I go, they have a party for me, and I use drugs that night, and I just kind of gave up on life. You know, I I just hated God if He was real. I didn't like Him. You know, I didn't like anything in life, and I was an angry, bitter kid, and I just. Got really bad in drugs, and we just were, started. Were you this.
0: raised to believe in a god? Or? Yeah, okay. I used to go to religious education, everything. Gotcha. Yeah, and church okay. on Sundays and everything. Yeah. So at this point, you're like, "Well, oh, if there there's is a god, there, I, I know. there's no way there's, there's god no if way. A,
1: Yeah. And, or I mean, no joke, I'm like, if there is a god, well, he owes me a couple of somethings. You yeah. Know what I'm saying, why isn't he helping yeah, me? For sure. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was, it was brutal. And then we, you know, just start like it. Just the theft and stuff just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, and then I steal a Mercedes Benz from the Mercedes dealership. I get out on probation for that, and then.
0: Yeah, I, I've got that marked in your book here about yeah. when you stole the Mercedes.
1: So, because it, it was so weird for me as a juvenile, I end up getting in so much trouble. You know, whatever shoplifting or fighting from the cops, and like, I never went to juvenile. You know, like, hmm. I mean, one hmm. time we got, I got arrested at Dillard's. We were literally grabbing just bundles of clothes and running out of the store with them. You know, and. They're trying to tell my mom to come pick me up, and she's like, "I'm not picking him up. He needs to go to jail." They're like, "Man, we cannot take him to jail. He's a minor. Like whatever the case, they can't take yeah, him to jail." Right. She's like, "Well, I'm not picking him up." And they, cops had to tell her, "Like, ma'am, you need to come pick up your son right now." But so it felt like I just felt like I could get away with murder. Yeah. And then when I turn 18, and now I do the big stuff. I steal a Mercedes Benz from the dealership, yeah. and I get arrested for this. I was like, "All right, shit, here we go. Now I got to figure this out." Yeah,
0: it starts to get real.
1: But I go in jail, and it's, I do. I mean, technically, I do three months in jail, and I get out on probation. I mean. To steal a brand new Mercedes, that didn't seem like that big of a punishment to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. And now that I've been to jail, the fear of going to jail is gone.
0: So, but, but, but I would imagine you were scared initially. 100%. Think, right? Yeah.
1: So that's always in the back of your head. So now yeah. that I've been to jail, it's not that scary. Yeah. And yeah. I've just stole a damn brand new Mercedes Benz and I only yeah. went to jail for a few months. Like, it's like the me being scared of doing bad stuff it just made me worse if that makes sense Yeah, it's sense.
0: almost like it wasn't as well it wasn't that bad yeah it's, it's so not,
1: just like anything in life it's yeah. usually not as bad as it as it is unless you tell yourself it is you know well, yeah
0: so what, what i'm also hearing is it didn't teach you the lesson to stop stealing
1: not at all okay. not even a little bit yeah and then so this is spring break which should have been my senior high school and how quick it had turned it used to be you know parties at my house now it's me and my friends are just in my room with the door closed doing drugs. Yeah. And my brother and his friends are out in the in the living room yeah. and stuff drinking. That's what we would have our door closed. We'd be in there doing meth and they're out there drinking and partying. Mm. One of my brother's friends comes in the room and he tells us that. And it's the reason I got so mad at my old best friend is because he was there. Like if he stands up for me and says what happened, that thing goes away. It's gone. He's like, I'm not yeah. getting involved in this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I literally did it for you. I literally took one for the team You're for like, you, Dude, bro. Come on. And he's like, "I'm not yeah. getting involved in that." So I was like, "Whatever." So and keep in mind, he's like the richest, most spoiled rotten kid in all of Awatuki. Like, mm-hmm. brand new tricked out Escalade before right. he's even 16. Very like the entitled. Most spoiled, oh, you can't even right. believe it. And yeah. come to find out, to this day, he doesn't even have a job right now. Still just lives off his dad's credit card. So we'll mm. see who won in life there. You know. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I lost my train of thought. But anyways, he wouldn't. He wouldn't um, stand up for me. And so, Spring Break. We're in my bedroom now, and my brother's friend comes in, yeah. and he's like, "They just tell us that they just burglarized the, the house of him." Mm. And I was like, "No way, where?" And it's a fifteen thousand square foot house, like literally indoor basketball court that says their last name on it and everything, oh, like that kind of yeah, house. Right. And I was like, "No way, where are they?" They're like they're in Hawaii for the week, and we're like, "Oh shit!" We're like, what would you guys take? They took like change, DVDs, a bunch of stupid stuff. So me and my friends like, all right, we're going back. So he yeah. stays back. We go back. We don't even have to break in. Like we know how to get in. The back door was yeah. open uh-huh. and. I don't even make it out of the garage. I My plan was literally just to take stuff that was no joke. It was gonna be expensive that I could sell for drug money, of course. I'm not gonna lie about that. Yeah. But two, that sure. like, he wouldn't come home and be like, we were robbed, let's call the police. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd go look for a snowboard when it's wintertime. Exactly. He's like, where the, the hell yeah. You know? snowboard uh-huh. at? And so I took, I, I got 12 years in prison. I stole a drill, a snowboard, Jordan basketball shorts, and Jordan sandals. And I never made it out of the garage.
0: That got you 12 years. 12
1: years in prison. And while I was still in the garage, the, wow. t- my two buddies that I brought, run down and they're like we got the jewelry we got the jewelry let's go and trying to run out of there so we all run out of the house and get back to my house and i'm not even joking they pulled a bag of jewelry and i'm like i'm no big time right. dude out there i'm a little thieving kid you know what i'm yeah, saying like i right, yeah. steal shit and get drugs like i don't have like i'm looking at this jewelry and i'm like my my dealer can't even buy this shit like i don't even know i wouldn't even know how to get off, get yeah. off this stuff now right, you know what i'm saying right, it's like a yeah. way above my pay grade you know <laughs> i was like what the hell do we do here and then before you know it two days later i get locked up and 10 kids were involved. Hmm. Everybody but my brother and my friend Chad um, said it was all me. The kids that even did it before me said that they were sleeping at my mom's house, and I came home and told them I had just robbed the Nelsons' house. So even the kids that did it first all put it on me, right? Oh, wow. And now I have been to jail, so I'm not no snitch, right? I'm not yeah. saying shit because I'm tough now, right? Because I've been to yes. jail for ninety days, and I'm not scared of cops no more <laughs> and all that stuff, right? Yeah, right. So I'm like, and they're trying to threaten me. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> suck it. I'm not saying shit. You know, what I mean, yeah. I don't know. And they're like, all right, mm-hmm. we're gonna throw, we're gonna make an example out of you. Yeah. And they did do. They gave me twelve years in prison for a non-dangerous burglary charge at eighteen years old, and I literally served eleven years and ten months straight. I was in there from 18 years old and I got out a month after I turned 30. Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make sense even for, I mean, I don't understand the system Uh because that makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I could see maybe serving sometime, but not 12 years. I was supposed
1: to get three and a half to four and a half years. And they said the max I was going to get was six. And I remember we told verbatim my lawyer because I had a paid lawyer and everything. I was like, whatever the case is i cannot do no six years in prison like whatever we do i don't care i just cannot do six years like literally can't do it he's like don't worry i'm gonna get you the minimum and frick around tripled my sentence
0: so when you hear 12 years when you hear the worst
1: part about it was the judge's words okay that's what i wanted to get because i did the whole thing and he says i mean i had three rows of family there i had we paid for private mitigated specialist. like i was an 18 year old drug addict kid you know what i'm saying like yeah Every kid goes to prison for a few years doing stuff like that. You know, it's a few years and you go to a minimum security yard and you're out, you know, yeah. and the judge says, um, I'm going to find this sentence mitigated for the fact that you were 18 years of age when you, the time you committed this crime. He goes, I also find it mitigated for the fact that I think you have a drug problem uh, more than anything else. Mm. He goes, but I also find aggravating circumstances because of the amount of jewelry stolen. So he, and his next words were literally, so I think this calls for an aggravated sentence of 12 years. And I remember thinking, think. He says, I think. Think. Literally. So I'm not I'm, I'm joking. Like i put myself right back then. I'm like, yeah. instantly in my head, I was like, think, think. He said he thinks. Like, just is that, is that his final answer? And I'm like, and I like look up and I'm like, holy fuck, I just got 12 years in prison. And my and I can just hear my family's losing it behind me. Oh yeah. And my grandma's screaming, balling her eyes out. I can can I please hug my yeah. grandson? Because I'll be dead now.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And I'm like, and I'm not joking, I was crying when I was talking and stuff. And by this time, I, I'm, I, was, I didn't even cry. Like, I was just numb. I was just like, I can't even think, bro. Like, yeah. I go back there, and I'm like, then I get back to the pod, and it's
0: just like an right when I get back there, and
1: I call point. my family, I'm like, and seriously, I'm calling, I'm like, did that really just happen? And I go to call my brother, and he's just bawling. I mean, we talked for 15 minutes, couldn't even get two words out. You know, and he's just like, I'll visit you every weekend. I'm just like 12 years feels like you're a life sentence when you're that, you do that. Know, you know not going to help. Yeah, literally. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm a visitor. You're a kid. You can't even be barely drive. How are you going to come down to visit? You know I'm going? going yeah. four hours away somewhere in the, at the corner of the state somewhere, you know? And uh, yeah, there I went. And then can, go to prison for that. For, a, yeah.
0: Did you cry?
1: Yeah. All the time. I still cry all the time. I'm yeah. a big cryer, No, bro.
0: I know you were crying before we started, but yeah. when you were telling me about your son. <laughs> yeah, oh, all the time, right. bro.
1: And I was not right. even known for that in prison, bro. Like if Armageddon was on, I was crying. Yeah, I don't, I don't care, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I used to tell people? I mean, you can't whip me, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, there Seriously, you go. Seriously, I'd
1: be crying in the, in the run in front of everyone. I don't, I don't care.
0: So, so tell us about the experience in prison. I mean, obviously it's, I mean. I'll, I'll use a. If you can
1: example because yeah. and this is why like what i teach now is mindset stuff yes, because please. it's all about what you tell yourself and yes. what how you wire, wire your brain you know yeah. i had to rewire my brain three times and you can do it from the most drastic circumstances sure. on earth absolutely so high I, I like trying to compare it to high school because that's something that everybody can kind of yeah. understand if i wasn't a, like a dorky lame in high school i was always a popular kid you know like yeah when i'm in prison i'm an alpha male i'm gonna be with the popular dudes you know the popular dudes in prison are gangster ass yeah. dudes
0: and you were a big dude too
1: i didn't wasn't i got i was six foot 144 pounds and i got locked up oh really i wasn't even 160 some pounds until i got to prison two years later okay i hit a growth spurt when i was 23 and then, all right like literally in the halfway through my sentence Thank goodness. But yeah, it was it was so crazy. I was a little, I'll show you some pictures afterwards. Like I didn't yeah. have facial hair until I was 23, long blonde hair, the skinniest kid you could imagine, like a little pretty boy model, you know? Wow. And so I learned like real quick, like it's, they're just like gangster dudes in there and that's, that, that's what you got to do. So I was like, whatever, I can, I know how to scrap. And I'd always heard about these heart checks and I knew the dude that, that was running my building didn't really like me. So I was like, just kind of trying to show off too, because I could tell no one. Are, I'm really good on picking up vibes, and I'd been there for like a week or two. And I could tell yeah. no one f- messed with me. You know, they weren't yeah. really saying shit to me. Yeah. So I end up picking a fight with the dude that runs my building, and I mean, no joke, the dude's twice. I'm a little a kid, you know. And is that du- what a heart check is? Yeah, when you and say the dude, that? yeah, yeah, okay, and he's twice my size. And he's the guy that ran the rules down to me when I come down. So he's, I don't know if you read the book. Did you hear the sucker punch part? Yes, uh-huh. So he's the guy that runs the whole he's sucker the, punch scene. So i will okay. tell you guys what it is. When you yes. get to prison, he'll literally tell you, like, do you know what a sucker punch is? And I was like, no. And he goes, okay, you're the sucker if you get punched. And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, if you even think you're going get to get into it with somebody or argue with someone, it's like, you just take off on them. He's like, do not let them take off on you first. And I was like, mm. we can do that here? He's like, this is prison. Yes. Yeah. I was like, all right, I used to box. Okay, cool. So then when I go to scrap with him, He says something about my little young ass needing to respect elders, Mm. and I told him to make make me or something like that. And he goes around to turn the chew out, take the chew out of his mouth. And the second he turns his back to me, I'm just on him, like beat the brakes off this dude. Mm. So we get locked down that night, and the next morning, now the the OGs are literally waiting outside my building to shake my hand and introduce themselves to me. Hey, youngster, I heard what you did. Blah blah blah. And then the prison was I didn't know like. I got to get the building because I whooped the dude running the building. So now they asked me, do you want that building? I'm like, what? I don't like,
0: they're going to turn it over to you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how,
1: what, I don't know how to do that, but I, I, yeah, I want to run shit. So like, I'm not joking. I ran a building like faster than anybody. And that's kind of what started like, but God had my whole prison career. Like and the whole thing lined out, man.
0: And I want to talk about the God piece because there was times where you were going, you were angry and mad. And where are you? I'll and, fast forward to those two. Okay, so, but, but anyway, we'll get to that.
1: So now I'm like, The second I do that, now they, the dude running the yard wants to talk to me, you know, and he comes out and he's like, asked me if I want to pretty much join the politics and start putting in work. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And he's like, has to dumb me down. He's like, if a snitch comes in here or a sex offender, I was like, yes, I will rip their heads off. Please let me know, you know? Uh, So he's like, all right, cool. So then I'm now I'm sitting at the back table with these guys. And now by the time I'm 23, I hit my first four yard and pull a property officer so i'm in a full-on relationship with the corrections officer in there i'm running a 4 year at 23 years old and Jeez. i just and so here's in the middle of the sentence it gets kind of easy because you don't even think about going home you know what i'm saying like you just
0: because you already know you're there you live there you're finally you, you don't even think it like you're, you're in, accepted it. you don't
1: even think it like you got a prison sentence like, you live there like that's yeah. just how i look at it. this is my life and this is how i yeah. live that's well, it is what it is so okay. like the easy got the middle goes got kind of easy and i coasted through there and then you know you get that I go under an investigation for that thing, and it was that was, like, really bad. And then, you know, by the time I, I start running stuff, though, it's like I'm getting in big trouble and now going to maximum security. But when I was younger, like, I had to overcompensate because I was from Awatuki, you know? So I always had to try to, like, be a little bit more gangster than everybody yeah. or be a little harder than everybody, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Even be a bigger dickhead to people, you know? And, like, I was always overcompensating on that just just for that because I wasn't, like, all those dudes are gangbangers in there, you know? So yeah. I was, like, literally a little white kid from Ahwatukee, you know? But, like it just shows like you can do anything in the world if you tell yourself you're like you yeah, can like right. and that goes with sobriety like prison like there's no mm-hmm. way in the hell a dude, little white kid from out you should have ran the prison system out there like in right. 23 years old but, but i did because like those aren't positive things but like i did the exact steps i right. like i knew to get myself in that position and now right. it's like i do the same steps for positive stuff i hear to totally. for, you know what i'm saying so it's like
0: it's the same principle running yards is like being an
1: entrepreneur in there anyways on top of that so it's all Mm -hmm. if you look at them they're all it's kind of the same stuff you know
0: absolutely negative energy is in the wrong direction but it's still energy if you just shift the energy into the positive and that's really what's happened Mm -hmm. right and here you are this young kid now running the running the what what did you call it running the running the state pretty much yeah Yeah. like
1: every every yard i touched i ran (laughs) and like my parents are it's amazing it was real quick it was kind of funny so i I, sh- sh- I kept everything away from my family because they don't they're scared i'm in like gang bangers and like all oh, kind yeah. of crazy stuff they're scared i'm never gonna go home and all this and that so yeah and i didn't tell them anything and then my brother asked me one day. he's like he's like dude who are you in here and i was like what do you mean he's like he's like no yeah. oh, bullshit because yeah i would tell him more stuff than i tell my mom and dad and it was a business sure. he came down when it was just him i was like what do you mean he's like he's like don't bullshit me he's like i swear to god i won't tell mom and dad but he's like you're somebody in here and i was like why do you say that he's like He's like, bro. These every time I come in here, these dudes are like, buy me drinks and save me seats. Like, so he's like, bro. These dudes are kissing my ass when I walk in here to visitation because I'm your little brother. You're you know, brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's like, he's like, if that's for something, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm running the yard, and I kind of just told him everything, and I was like, and they're just worried about. It. I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna be fucking lame in here. Like, it is what it is. Like, you either yeah. do this or you're lame. And it like, don't you can't judge me because you're not. You've never been in this situation, and it's like I just don't have it. Like, the only thing I could tell myself back then was. Twelve years is hard enough. Like it would be impossible for me to do twelve years just being a dork and no one fucked with me. Yeah, it is. I hear you. So I had to risk, you huh. know, catching sentences to do that. But like, God had my back the whole time, and that's why. Like, even today, like last minute, I forgot about this. I've been so hectic lately. Like, yeah, full transparency because I'm full sure. transparent with everything. Yeah, I appreciate. I it. wanted to flake. You know what I'm saying? But then I'm like, I don't do, I don't mm. do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I, I just, you got to put other people first. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just drove all night long. I wanted to get a little nap in. I totally forgot, and I was just like right when I saw that, but then that's the one thing I changed my life is like, I don't, I put other people first, you know what I'm saying? So if I said, I'm going to do something, I do it, you know, and like well, I'm this glad- will help somebody yeah. so much. And then like, when I hear this later on or tomorrow or something like that, I'm like, and then I'll think to myself, I can't believe I was almost going to flake on
0: that. I love what you just said there, Peter, because one, I'm glad you showed up <laughs> Yeah. because I was really looking forward to this, but I, I say this all the time to my, to my guests that are on the show, your words are going to save someone's life today. And I know that sounds like real dramatic, but no, it's true because I get people reaching out to me all the time saying, hey, Peter said this and I decided I'm going to change my life and I want to live a better life because of what he said. The text I
1: was just reading when we were setting up the thing was one dude right there saying that I saved his life. He said he got 10 DMs today.
0: There you go. So so I'm grateful and I appreciate because it does come down to being honest, having integrity, being accountable for Mm -hmm. your life, and then helping people. Is that fair? For sure. Yeah. And one thing that helps me out
1: a ton and this could help other people out is like, and this is a real thing that my sponsor taught me, hey, hey, like pausing not only saved my sobriety, but it saves my life in so many different aspects. Like yeah. anytime I'm going to do something with, when emotions evolve, involved, I pause before I do it no matter what. Like my That's dad it. could make me irate and I'll go yeah. send him a text. And before I send the text, I pause, pause for minutes. Right. And I'm not even joking. Like I'll put the phone away and like reset and then think I'm like, and what do you know? 100 out of 100 times I'm never gonna send that text you know what I'm saying right, yeah. you just got to pause but that's with any decision like if you just sure. pause and like literally take yeah. a second and look back instead of like letting your emotion get all round up like you're gonna make such less bad decisions in life yeah and it saved my life seriously mm-hmm. it still saves us to this day wow
0: so much I want to talk about but I do want to I want to read something out of your book uh, against all odds but and by the way great book thank man, you very well set I love how just real it is yeah it does <laughs> it is for, for sure it's just real yep. and, and and i really relate to that because uh it really uh affected me in a way because um i i didn't go to prison or anything in my life but i was an addict for 10 years and was doing horrible things i could
1: tell you didn't go to prison
0: yeah and... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. you want a heart check right now <laughs> that was your heart check you passed oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i better watch my back no i yeah you're my friend man i uh for sure but uh but I have been through hard times, yeah, and I've been through addiction and things like that. And uh, but your book really resonated with me, and I think anyone reading this book will will get something out of it, I don't, even sure. if you've never been to prison and or an addict, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I want to read something out of here, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to get some of your thoughts as we read this, but uh, I want to talk about uh, your cousin Sally, mm. okay? And I'm going to read what you wrote in your book here. <clears throat> Sometimes I prayed for the strength to last one more day. I recalled the the previous times that I had prayed like like at the courthouse before my sentencing on the first day in prison. I had cried into my pillow and prayed to God to spare me from prison life. None of that had helped. My prison experience got worse the closer I got to the end of my sentence. Maybe God has also given up on me. While I was in solitary confinement, my belief in God received another blow. I had never forgotten the comfort and support of my cousin sally meyerhoff gave me in high school after the sexual assault ac- accusation just one year older than me she gave me more strength than she would have ever known simply by sitting with me in the cafeteria we saw each other frequently during those days especially when her dad uncle tom taught me to box we talked about that beautiful determined and, and compassion i love her like a sister even in prison I kept up, kept up with her progress. She gave me much-needed inspiration, and I was proud of all of her achievements. She became a marathon champion in Arizona, a finalist in 2012 Olympic trials. She was a two-time NCAA All-American at Duke University and competed half marathons in New York and San Diego and Cancun of all places. After gradu- graduating from college, she returned to coach cross-country and teach at the high school we attended together. Um, and then here's the part that really hit me. All of that's powerful. You said she believed in me and had a, and that belief had a life changing influence on me. And you're getting very emotional right here, Peter. Sally obviously means a lot to you. Thanks for letting me share that. Um, what are you feeling?
1: It's hurt. That's the reason I gave up on God was because when she died, you know, like I was in maximum security <laughs> and, uh, you, it's so stupid. And then, like, you, everyone tries to act like they're so gangster, you know? So, like, literally, to act gangster, you, act to, you have to, like, wake up earlier than everybody. It's so stupid, bro. Like, and the shit that I bought into, like, even repeating this to it sounds like, you like, I look at people's faces and I'm like, trust me, I know, like, thinking back now, like, my head was right. clearly, who knows? Yeah, right. But, like, so I was running the white boys. My homie, Little Jag, was running the Mexicans. We were both down in the basement in CB Cell Block 1, like, old school the walls, maximum security, right? Mm. Like, Shawshank Redemption, no joke. Wow. And, You'll like, you You have to sign because it's 10 to 10. So, 10 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, it's dead silent. You can't talk, right? Trip out on this. This is how, where it gets even dumber. You have to wake up at 7 a.m., but you can't talk. Mm. And you can't leave yourself, never. So, you have to be up from 7 to 10 in case something happens, but you can't leave your cell. No one's out of the cell, and it's solitary confinement. Everyone's in their single cells. Huh. But to be even more gangster, we're like, I'm going to get up before that. I get up at 5.30 to sit in my cell longer than you. So that's what we would have a contest, like literally, you know. Me and Jag would have a contest. So if I got up before him, I'd throw something over there at his, at his house, you know. Yeah, I got you. So this morning, I, I just saw that Saturday they were gonna do, they were doing a cover story on Sally on the news. So I went over there and I signed him. You literally signed him like that. I would mm. do like this. W-A-T-C-H,
0: mm.
1: Fox, yeah. 10 News, right? Right. And that's how you talk before 10 o'clock. And wow they were like she had just won the P.F. Chang's marathon out there, and she was the first American athlete to ever win it. Still to this day, and really? she still has the record at the P.F. Yeah. Chang's marathon. Wow! And it's amazing. They said that it was a month after she had won that, or a couple months. Sorry, she won that I think January, and then she passed in April, and uh, hmm. said she'd won the race. And then their next, like, so casually, they're like, "Has died this morning," and I was like, "Same thing." I was like, "What the fuck did I just hear?" Her? I like looked back to to my homie Jag, and I was just like, because he didn't like look up, and I was like. And I'm watching. They she got ran over by a drunk driver, and like closed casket and everything. She was on a bicycle,
0: right? Yep. Yeah.
1: And uh training for the Olympics. She was on her Olympic bike yeah. they gave her. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't even make a phone call. Uh, Cause you get one 10 minute phone call max, you know. So I'm like, I'm 24 years old, and so uh, just sitting there myself for three or four days by myself. And that exact same day, I literally watched a rapist come in and get stabbed and fucking walk up out that block, you know. And right there, when I told myself that, he'd he literally go into the showers. He'd grab this rapist and literally through the cell blocks. And you put your other arm out the blocks and you're stabbing him like this, like banging him into his chest. And the cops literally trying to pull the dude away from the bars. That's the only way you can get people because you're locked down all day long. Wow. So I literally watched him do this to this rapist. And he walks out of there.
0: This is the same day.
1: Same as this that afternoon, and I'm like, my, you know, I told myself, there's no fucking chance God's real. If he just, my cousin's dead, and that piece of shit just lived, so I gave up on God. Like, even before then, I didn't, I didn't, I believed in God two percent, but I still right. prayed every night because you know why? I told myself, if God's real, I need all the help I can get. Yeah. So I, it was like I prayed every night just in case.
0: That probably, hearing you say this, Peter, probably had to been the darkest moment in your life. You lose, you lose someone you admire and love so much on that same day. See that, and if there was any, if it was only two percent, that two percent is now gone of of any kind of belief in a god. Completely gone. I can't imagine how dark that must have felt, and you're in solitary confinement. And that's what
1: was worse. I was like, I mean, even though I'm like, why can't I just be in a fucking yard so I can call my family? You know what I'm saying? But then, like, wow. when you get to pause and like look back on stuff, like you have more clarity. Like, God was protecting me because I would have killed someone if I was been on the yard. Literally, you know, like, I was a psychopath back then. If I would have got some bad news like that, I would have been, who knows what I would have done, you know? So the only way I could have not caught more time was being in that cell by myself. And you know what? Like, God does only put you in situations that you can handle, you know what I'm saying? So as shitty as it was, I'm a tough dude and I can handle, you know what I'm saying? Now, like, since God put me through all those tough situations, now I literally get to come back and help people. And, like, tell people, like, I went through fucking hell times a hundred. Like, you don't have to
0: go through that, you know? Yeah, that's uh, heavy. <clears throat> Thanks for being vulnerable, man. Yeah.
1: um Told you I cry sometimes. Yeah, I'm a I'm a crier
0: too. My listeners know I'm a crier. Um, what I love about it though is that's the power of vulnerability. We're connecting right now. Everyone in the room, we're connecting. Like My think, life's
1: changed. I stopped acting like a fucking hard ass, bro. Yeah. I just started being real, yeah. bro. Like yeah. seriously. Yeah. Like yes. Yeah. Like we all deal with shit. I get depressed all the time. I yeah. have anxiety still. Like yeah. no one's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just be real and don't be fake you know what i'm saying like yeah if you need help ask for help you know
0: yeah well just like you said like hey i wasn't maybe gonna come today yeah like seriously. <laughs> i appreciate the honesty yeah. right no it's, and I it was it. and it was like
1: just because you said it's so cool way you're like i'm so excited to meet you and I, I told myself but i was like, I literally i'm like during my pause i'm having these conversations in my head now you know you're gonna go i'm not coming <laughs> and uh no but i could have easily made up something you know we got a 12-hour ride i made up late i could have made up something so quick you know what i'm saying but then i was like what if I help somebody? You know what I'm saying, or what if this someone really needs to hear this? You know what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. and it's just within 30 seconds, I can tell myself like, that's so selfish to just like say I want to yeah. s- take an hour nap. You know what I'm saying? when I could be saving someone's life.
0: Yeah. Well, you're helping me for sure, and this Honestly. helps me
1: too because I don't get time to go to a lot of meetings now. But like I say my yeah. life is recovered. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Wow. Thank you. Wow. I love it. You know, because that's what, here's another thing too. A yeah, lot of people please. are
1: scared to go to AA because they don't want to go to meetings for their whole lives. And not to talk bad about that, like. Meetings for every day aren't for everybody. Like right. some people don't They're do it. Not. Some people go to AA yeah. for a few years, learn how to live a live how to life, and then don't do meetings every day. Like, and that's the one biggest thing I noticed. Because I, I I don't know if you notice I don't th- I don't know if you're big on Instagram, dude. But I've been legit going on the streets and pulling homelessness off the streets lately, and getting them in rehabs. Like literally just by myself with these guys, and like. That's one of the things I know is like, that's what they say. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want to go to meetings for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? And it's Yeah, go like, live your life. Yeah, like, yeah. go get sober for a few months and figure out how to live and then tell me, like, then you don't. You exactly. Don't, you can't even tell me what you want to think because your, your brain's going to completely change. You don't even know who you are as a human being.
0: Wow. You know, you you saying, pulling pulling these homeless people off the streets and getting them help. There's a, there's a statement that I heard from a client of mine, a, a heroin and meth addict who's now doing really well. He said this, and I put it to my memory because I didn't want to forget he said, I tried to find myself myself I could not see I tried to find my God, my God eluded me, I tried to find my brother I found all three Wow Ooh. and and that's what you're that's what you're that do- after this please absolutely, me, I'll absolutely. but that's Did you guys that, hear that put that on a post too okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah put that in your crack pipe and smoke that one <laughs> 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 It's that legal crack right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. That's legal. Well, and and that's really what you're doing because how powerful that is. That's where it's that's where it's at. Yep. And that's probably when you're thriving at your best. When you are actually in the trenches, because you're you're that guy. They're my they're just my people. Bro. Yeah, like, that's right? what I say.
1: Like I'll go walk up on them, like literally. I'm like wearing thousand dollar Dior shoes, pulling pull, like, pulling up in a Navigator, you know, and I'm like walking up on these homeless dudes. It's like. And you could ask these guys, I even pull up, I'm like, damn, dude, should I really go in there? Because yeah. it's like a group of five of them behind it, the, and with all got backpacks, who knows what they got there, you know what I'm saying? And, like, they could clearly tell I'm not broke, you know, and I'm walking up on them, and it's just like, yeah. and they're literally on the street streets, you know? Like, yeah, they're got But I'll nothing. roll up, and I can speak that language, because, like, I can literally be, I can turn myself into one of them in two seconds, you know why? Because yeah. I've been there before, and it's just like, Absolutely. it's whatever you tell your brain, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just put myself right back to where I was before.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I'm going to share this statement with you, and I know you're going to agree with it, but I'm going to share it for our listeners too. And they hear me say this all the time. Life happens for us. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go back to when you got arrested, you get sentenced to 12 years. Now in the moment, that's obviously too excessive I mean we can see it on paper and go okay this is way too excessive
1: I'm a hardhead though I needed that
0: you need that's what I'm saying is it actually happened for you
1: God protect me because if I would have got a three-year sense I would have done the same thing you would have been back it would have been the exact same thing as, 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 as before like I thought jail wasn't scary. Prison's a cakewalk. I can play basketball and softball every day. I know because you can do it on a minimum security yard. And there's more drugs there than anywhere. You yeah. work in city. Like you can have these in city jobs. It would have literally felt like a slap on the wrist to me. Yeah. And I would have been one of those revolving doors because I would have been like, that's not a punishment, but it yeah. sucks being away from my family. You know? So like. Absolutely. I'm One of the most, besides Quincy, three of the things I'm the most grateful for in my entire life. Yeah. Quincy, getting yeah. out of prison and getting 12 years in prison.
0: Wow. That's powerful. Okay there we could sit we could I could ask you so much about the prison stay which um we don't have time for unfortunately. <laughs> I want so you get out of prison. Okay? I've seen the video. It's very touching mm. cuz you're emotional. You're, you know, obviously. Tell us like you get out of prison and here and here we are doing this podcast and you're going to go speak today. You're going to go make an impact on people's lives today in a really profound way how did you get to that point like after prison were you like i'm gonna go make a difference or did this come later or talk about that so in
1: i'll backtrack a little bit yeah my last 10 11 months when i was in a for solitary confinement i was for i was under investigation for an attempted murder right they said i called a shot on this guy that got his throat slid and eye stabbed out they tried to kill him the dude God save this dude's life because there's no way this dude should have lived through this, yeah. right? And yeah. yeah, so then they go put me in solitary confinement, and they tell me like they didn't want it even to even shit transferring back to maximum security. That's how done with me they were. They're like, you're gonna sit in this cell until you go home. You're not leaving this cell. Everybody in in CDU's correction the correction detention units, they're double bunks, right? So it's you have each one is cellies. Yeah. the old school walls maximum security is the only one that single cells. right yeah i was the only one that, they didn't even give me a cellie. i was in there for 11 months without a cellie by myself like you're just sitting here by yourself we are done with you you know what they told me verbatim uh-uh. we're done with you in here mr Meyerhoff. we're gonna let the streets have their luck with you wow so i get really? out i do a 12 year prison sentence 11 years in solitary confinement got in trouble the entire time when i went to the hole i was strung out on drugs weighing 170 pounds that's kind of why i like didn't care about that shit anyways i was like if i go to the hall at least i'll sober up you know what i'm saying yeah seriously so and i was like i knew i had a year left i was like i gotta get sober i couldn't stop using i was telling myself i'm a year to the gate and i can't stop using drugs like that's how bad i was so luckily god puts me in solitary confinement relieves me from drugs and then gives me 10 months with a clear head so like because even though you stop using drugs your brain's still screwed up for months afterwards you know what i'm saying so yeah absolutely yeah so i had to like and then i'm like starting to kind of devise a game plan but like my I don't even know what a game plan is because like I don't even know I don't even know how the world works. Yeah. I was a kid when I got locked up. I've never had a job, and I've never been on a date. I've never done anything. I get out of prison and just to show you how far back or how much like I had to transfer my entire mind, while we're leaving after that whole interaction you saw with my family, they give mm. him, they give my dad this paper, which is my papers, right? And they hand it to him. I literally snatch it out of his hand like so quick because they left a paper clip on it, right? I'm not even oh. joking. I grabbed this thing, like just reaction. It's just natural just reaction. Rash, I saw right. the paper that they, <laughs> they left on there. I snatched that thing real quick, right? <laughs> and then I've and I'm like literally happy and I go look up and I look back at my mom and I could see her like look at me like weird. And I was just like, yeah. I caught myself, I was like, oh shit. That was weird. Huh? I was like, <laughs> yeah. d- I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, listen, this is gold literally 30 minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? I just got out of there and this is literally gold if you're in the hole. So I'm like, <laughs> but I was like and oh I think gosh. back to that now, I'm like, damn, like that's how yeah. much I had to rewire my brain. And then when you tell yourself things are going for you, things go for you. When you tell yourself things are going against you, things go against you, right? So like right. now thinking back, my entire time in prison, all I wanted to listen to was Tom Petty, that song Free Fallin'. Anytime it would come on the radio, I would bawl my eyes out. And I was Lord. like, I just want to listen to this with the windows down and just just feel free. Yeah. You know, like my dad was yeah. at, my dad raised me on 80s music. So like when yeah. I got locked up, I got all rap tapes and 80s music. It was the weirdest <laughs> collection ever, right? Right. And um, <laughs> I'm not even joking, bro. We get on the freeway. The first song is on the radio is Free Fallin' by Tom Petty. Wow, I bullshit you. I got goosebumps talking about that. Yeah, again. what are the odds, right? And I'm like, You're fucking kidding me. And my family even knew it. Like, everyone in my family, my mom was like, You're kidding me. This happened, you know, and she's bawling her eyes out. Like, it finally feels like stuff's happening good for our family, you know, and yeah. just put the. I literally told him, I was like, I don't want to talk to you guys. I just wanted the windows down. I literally sat there and cried in my eyes out. Listen to that thing on loud as hell. And then I still, at this point, don't even know what I'm going to do for work. Like, I haven't even thought about a job. Okay. I figured the only, no joke, the top of success for my case. When I got out, I'm out of prison. I'm thinking, literally, if I can get there, and it's the peak, probably minimum wage construction job, maybe a little bit more, you know, 15 bucks an hour something like that. Somehow figure out how to get sober, have a boring-ass life, and no joke, hang out with a bunch of old white dudes that are boring as shit, but at least I'm not in prison. (laughs) And that was, like, the peak of what I thought my life could amount to, which is why when I started making, you know, multiple six figures, I was like, God told me, like, dude, you got to go show these guys like mm-hmm. and instantly i was just like because money only makes you happy for so long you know what i'm right, saying like yeah. once you bought like the cars and the, you know the house you, you're doing yeah. all the ski trips my, you know like yeah. you're doing all the cool stuff it's like you know what i mean it's like it's fun but it's like it doesn't keep you happy you know yeah. and it's like
0: it's external
1: yeah and i was just like i gotta get out of here man about how but i'm like i'm making you know 350 grand a year now like no education no anything no one in my family is successful so like i like
0: that had to have been mind-blowing mind-blowing oh. Three hundred
1: i'll tell you i make 10 grand my first month i mean working yeah, right and i got the check because i'd already got like two grand and my bonus check after taxes was and keep in mind i'm 31 years old at this time it was like 32 or thirty seven hundred bucks and that was the most money i'd ever had in my life wow three grand right then at 31 years old right but what it did is it lit a light off i was like oh my god all the fear of like what am i gonna do for work is gone and now i'm yeah. like okay now i can worry about other stuff now you know, know so it's do. like yeah. yeah and then yeah You know, I made 110 grand my first year, 200 grand my second year, 300, and it's just like, wow. But then I'm like, I felt selfish because Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, what I told myself was like, look at, I'm sitting in my corner office as a finance manager, making all this money, not helping nobody, and not sharing people that this can happen.
0: Yeah, it's and here's what's crazy. What I'm hearing in my head. Tell me if this is somewhat true. You're out of prison, but this is almost another form of prison. For sure, you're like a a self-made prison, if you will. Yeah.
1: I'm sitting, you know why? Because I'm sitting in this office and I had a view of the Scott so right there on Saturday. So now it's like, I sat in these prison cells all day long. Now it's like, I'm sitting in this office looking at the stuff go by that I want to get involved in too. And I'm like, and I knew I'm like, there's no way that God put me through that 12 years of prison to sit in this office all day long and do this shit. There's no way that I'm meant to do this. Yeah. And I called my GM in the next day who was like literally the only guy that ever hired me only dude that took a chance on me. And I was just like, Hey bro. And I was like, I don't even know where to go with this, but like I'm quitting my job. He's like, what do you mean you're quitting your job? I'm I was like, like what? <laughs> like, it lit out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Josh, I don't know what to say, but I just, I just know I'm meant to do more, man. I was like, I don't take this in the best yeah. way possible. But sure. Like, I just, like, I, you know, I was talking to some dudes in recovery and I sometimes not be able to answer the phone calls. And I was like, if I lose a kid, you know what I'm saying? Because like, I can't answer his phone call. And I was like. I was like, listen, Josh, I might ask you for my job back in six months. I can follow my ass. I have no idea, but I'm like, I got to take a chance. And yeah, I'm like, I just yeah. saw enough dudes hustle making money on Instagram. I was like, there's no way those dudes can figure this shit out. I won't figure it out, you know? And yeah, I just, right. and I told him I'd finish the month out. And so he didn't have to screw up the schedule. And I'm not joking. I did that and walked around the dealership for like another 20 minutes or so. And I was like. I'm out. I can't even do this another day. And I literally went wow. over to him. I was like, "Dude, I'm out. I'm going right there." And I literally walked out in the middle of the day and just quit my job, just like that. Wow. Didn't even know what I was gonna do. Not even joking. Didn't have a plan. I was if I was gonna do a podcast, I had still never, never even been interviewed on a podcast or anything. Yeah. Nothing. No. Wow. Without a plan. But if you believe in yourself enough, you can do anything. Yeah. And if you just don't give up, like and that's again, the biggest
0: that, thing. That grit and drive you learned. I learned through, in prison. Well, you're, like that. I learned it in prison. I so mean, I
1: just took all this bullshit that I learned in prison and transformed them out here, and it literally gives me an advantage on the rest of the world. You know why? Because I can get so much more gratitude for little stuff because of my perspective Absolutely.
0: on life. Absolutely. And again, that's why I
1: teach perspective and like my mindset stuff. Because yeah. if you can change your perspective, you can change your life. And like yeah. any, that's why I say it, it might be expensive. Any multimillionaire out there, like, like yeah. I told you, money doesn't make you happy. Right. You pay a million dollars though to be happy every day.
0: Oh yeah. I would. Oh, <laughs> me too. 100%. Wow. Very well said, man, that is amazing. So now let's talk about, I mean, you're doing some great things. You've got a coaching program. You've written this amazing book against mm-hmm. all odds. Um, you, you've got a podcast you're doing. Tell us about that. Tell our listeners you yeah, know, so, and maybe how they can even get involved with all this.
1: Yeah. My, my podcast on all platforms, you know, I got, I got interviewed on a bunch of podcasts after I quit my job and then mm-hmm. I, I just kind of was like, you know, I was looking for what the next one, my, my next yeah. move is going to be, you know, and. I would read in all the comments and all these guys are like, my favorite guest, this guy needs his own show. My favorite guest. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, maybe I should do a podcast, you know? Yeah, so I'm right, we'll trying. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it just, I, it was crazy. I got like really, really good traction. Like like the first, I need mean, five or 10 episodes. even. I was like, well, dude, maybe I'm meant to do this stuff, you know? And then yeah. God has just put the most amazing people in my life, man. It's like when you like, when you know and you're set forth on, because that's what I always tell people, you, you got to find your purpose. Like, but once you found your purpose, like, yeah. God will exponentially fast track you so much faster than the normal people. If they're doing something that's not in their purpose, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. And like, so the second I made my mind up and this is what I'm doing, dude, it's like, I mean, I met him during this time and like a bunch of other buddies, Ian went, Patriot clothing and we're at Dan Fleischman, Sean, Win. I mean all these guys, like when there's a period of like a week and then like yeah. Andy for And it's like, dude, so much. I'm like, you're like, I was wow. on the biggest run of my life. I couldn't, even, I mean, I made connections within the first year that people would, would take t- two decades two to make. decades to find yeah. but it's like god's finally got my back you know why because he put me through all that suffering for all those years and it's like now this is literally my time and as long as i keep helping and putting other people first god's gonna keep blessing me the next day you know what i'm saying so like here's the deal not, not that i didn't want to come here and do this podcast today. i just <laughs> i wanted to literally get a nap and eat you know what i'm saying but like yeah, sure. me coming here was gonna benefit me some other way possible or save someone's life you know what i'm saying like yeah. and here's the deal if I get nothing out of this and I save someone's life, that helps me too, man. Because that's yeah. all I'm trying to do is like fix the world from all the bad I've done in the world. You know what I mean? Well,
0: well you've influenced me, so hopefully that's enough. Yeah, thanks. But, yeah, but again, I appreciate the honesty, and I'm glad you're here too. couple things. There's a quote by Pablo Picasso. He says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Yeah. And I think when you're in that job making all that money it wasn't your gift if you will it's like okay there's more so now you go find it to
1: be honest it felt like i was a thief because i'm so in as a finance i sell warranties and stuff like that you know what i'm saying i'm like (laughs) selling it to these single mothers and i'm like i do sales bro and it's like i felt like i was like yeah i'm not joking my last few customers were single mothers and i literally looked at them like my mom in that situation and like they would have bought whatever i yeah the person told her to buy she would have bumped her payment up to whatever the hell it needed to be and she would have struggled making it every month you know and i was just like I did it once to these ladies and I literally bumped the payment up a, a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And then I was like, and then she makes some comment like, "Oh, hope we can make this now or something like that." And I was All like, right, and "I'm wow. like, I can't do this, man. Yeah. Like, I'm living a positive, sober life, and I'm like ripping people off at work. I felt like, you know." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "You know, ma'am, I'm gonna just, and I'll just make himself. You know, I'm gonna just give you sure. a manager discount. I literally ripped her contract up and just like cut everything in half price for it. You know. Yeah. And the next one, I literally do the exact same thing. I'm like, if I can't even sell what I'm supposed to sell to these people no more, yeah. I know it's my time to go. It's
0: time to go. Yeah. Um. So. You talked about, you know, when you were in prison and you had that moment when you heard about Sally, you had about a 2% belief in God, if there is one, then it went to zero. Obviously, where is it now? Because I'm hearing you talk like God has my back. God always had my back. Where is it at now?
1: So it's so crazy. Like when I after I quit my job and I was just like going on a meeting with everybody at possibly could, and trying to figure out what the next move was going to be, you know? And then I'm actually out. I go out to lunch with Sheriff lamb. Do you know that the American sheriff?
0: Um, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah. I go out to lunch with him and then another a SWAT team sergeant crazy. Right. And <laughs> so out, out at lunch and you know, lamb's just like, tell me, he's like, dude, why don't you like get some, some dudes and make some curriculum man, and come like teach them, my inmates what you've done you know what i mean he's like we got this big budget for it that we don't even use every year you know it's like it's just yeah. like he's like it's kind of a waste of money right now because there's no good programs and stuff for that and he goes a guy like you can make a real difference because you've been there you know and i was just like wow i didn't even i didn't know there's money there. you could even do that kind of stuff you know so yeah. I, like i go home and like do a little research on this stuff i was like wow there is and then what do you know what happens that night i get an instagram dm at 10 o'clock at night when i'm in bed that's like hey, I'm the biggest prison curriculum developer in the country. I would love to help you out. I'm sure you probably already have some connections, but you seem really connected. But if there's any way I can help you out, I would just love to help you out. I love your mission and what you're doing. And I'm like,
0: what?
1: What are the chances of this? You never totally. talked about prison curriculum in my life. You know what I'm yeah, saying? right. And then I sit there and I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, I go from, you know, I can't catch a break in life. And I hate God. God's not real. You know what I'm saying? I can't yeah. win ever. And now I'm just like, I'm literally laying back. And then I'm like, i can't miss like how is all this good stuff happening to me you know what i'm saying and i was just like yeah. and the next second i was like holy shit maybe this is god and yeah. then i'm like okay if this is god what do i do and i was like maybe i'll pray mm. and i was like yeah i'll pray so i jumped off my bed i didn't even remember how to pray anymore i was like what do i say i'll probably say the our father or something yeah and then just say thanks you know like i guess yeah. you're real if you are show me though but thanks yeah, right, you know yeah. and at least now i'm thanking him though instead of feeling ungrateful right sure sure so and then I was just like praying, thinking like, get up the next morning and tell wife was like, I prayed last night. She's like, What do you mean you prayed? I was like like to God, God prayed. She's like, I don't get it. I was like, I don't know what to say, but I think I believe in God now again. She's like, Why? I was like, Too much good stuff's happening to me. Like it can't. There's there's no there's there's not that many coincidences, you know what I'm saying? You can justify a few coincidences, but everyone does, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like is it odd or is it God? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's God, bro. Yeah, just stop fighting good, it. You know right. what I
0: mean? Wow. Well, and again, your book's called "Against All Odds." I mean, you shouldn't be here.
1: Bro. Oh, I should have been dead ten times. You and even if be I sitting survived, here. I should have never got out of prison. Exactly. Which is why, I, like I said, which is why I go put everybody else first because, like, I shouldn't have twenty four hours this day. I shouldn't have another minute of this day. So it's all house money. It's free. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm playing on borrowed yeah. time, bro.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't take a nap today. Yeah, no, I'm great. <laughs> and
1: here's the way, every time it comes out, you know what's another a, another point I was trying to make to that? I didn't mean to keep beating that in. I could well, tell better. I could tell for your vibe there, but. uh <laughs> I'll throw him under the bus, Brent Cassidy, and it's like, and yeah. this another and I'm like said, but I'm learning this on the fly. So he is supposed to do a podcast, right? And it's like I don't know this guy, and his following didn't look big, you know. And it's like, and I've been sometimes I get hit up to do podcasts a like tons of times. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll do four or five interviews in a week, literally. You know, And yeah, it's like sure. on top of my shows, you know, and yeah, all my right. stuff I do. So it's like, and I'm like, no, nah, and then I look and I'm like, so it's like the day of again, like almost same thing. And I'm just like, I'm like, dude, I had so much stuff in the afternoon. He texts me in the morning, he's like, we still give this afternoon. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. It's yeah. like by far the smallest show I've done. And I'm like, fight it up until the moment of, but I was like, the dude's a really cool guy and he's an ex-inmate, so yeah. I didn't, you know, and I was yeah. like, I'll do it. Not one person, I got any feedback on the entire thing except one lady, and she's the lady that got my podcast and all the prison tablets. So wow. all I needed was one lady to hear that podcast, and she did, and she emailed me afterwards, and now my podcast in 350 prisons. Every county jail in Arizona, they can not only listen to my podcast, but they can literally watch my videos on their tablets. That is cool. And like I said, from me going to something that I didn't want to do. And then me not wanting to do, it was just me being selfish and lazy.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is powerful. I have a question for you. If there's someone listening to your voice right now, this very moment, you've already shared some amazing things and they're in a dark place, they're struggling. They don't believe in themselves. They are just in a dark, that dark place where, you know, I'm at 0%. My life is the worst it's ever been. What would you tell that person right now? Dude,
1: there was times I would have fought to get to 0%, like I would have I would have yeah. literally cut my left arm off to yeah. get to 0%. You know what I'm saying? Like tough times don't last. Like I will use a couple of cheesy sayings but they're true. Like tough times don't last, tough yeah. people do. Anything mm-hmm. you're going through struggling right now, just look at it like God is teaching you a lesson. And whatever yeah. it is, you might not see it, but you will see it tomorrow, or the next week or something. And just change your mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever it is, yeah. you just... I always tell people this. You got to just keep fighting through the tough times. As long as you don't give up in your fight, yeah, you, nothing bad, like, it, it's not over with. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you just can't give up during the tough times. That's what I'm so good at. Like, I just keep going through the tough times. You know, like, I... I I tried to start thirty different little business ventures, and I'm not even joking. Probably failed on twenty five of them. You know, I got a bunch of different yeah. things I do now, but like, yeah. I tried a million things and kept failing. You know, but like, I legit just didn't give up. The only way that you can absolutely ruin yourself is if you just give up. If you know what I'm saying? Skip, just keep yeah. fighting, and like, yeah. every day gets a little bit easier. There was days, even when I was sober, I, I even I, I remember when I had a few months sober, and I was like thinking how am I going to live like this still like with this desire to drink and use every day? It didn't even seem fun being sober because I, I still had the desire (laughs) and I didn't, I wanted that to go away and I didn't want to live with that. And like, bro i can't tell you the last time i thought about like like god has completely removed that obsession like you don't even realize realize it until like months later when you look back and you're like dude how did i almost give up during this little tough time right here you know or like look for some little moment of inspiration like listen to podcasts there's something like whatever it is put on a motivational podcast and i promise you whatever podcast you're probably putting on that time will be a message right there that you need to hear
0: love that he who has his why can bear with almost any how. i mean that's truly what you've got you've got your why now yeah, and you're the king it's, of one-liners yeah. <laughs> or one-two liners. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I, I do a lot of studying. I, I I part of my recovery is all that. I, I I'm doing the same thing. I am working every single day, working hard. I'm I'm filling my mind with good things because I used to fill it with bad things. Yep. And so it's there, and it's and again, you have filled my mind with such beautiful things today, dude. Seriously, awesome. What thanks. a great story. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Seriously. Absolutely. So if someone wants to get your book against all odds, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to do your coaching program, yeah. they want to listen to your podcast, what's the best way for them to do that? I would
1: say the best way, my link tree to my Instagram or my website, my website's Um My link tree is on my Instagram too. It's got everything. The book's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere. Um, podcasts on every platform youtube channel is just the same but yeah my website has all my stuff and i have um i actually have some extra cool stuff on my website I do but yeah check out the coaching stuff i just started doing my coaching that's stuff awesome and uh i get dms all the time for people how'd you do this why do you do it yeah. do do i want to do it you know so yeah. i finally did it and uh like i said i'm just trying to help people change the world bro
0: yeah well you're doing it man and i appreciate it and it truly isn't uh an honor of the highest order to have you sitting in my office. Thanks for saying Seriously, that. Seriously, I really mean it's that. It's
1: crazy even hearing that sometimes. So thanks for saying that. And yeah. like anybody that's struggling right now, like reach out to my Instagram. Like I, you, they do my posts, but I run my own Instagram, and like, I legit will message you back. Like I I'm not this ain't, this isn't for show. I legit care
0: about help people. Oh I know I, absolutely. And you know uh, Ty Hansen, mutual friend of ours, loves loves the hell out of you and awesome. Um, he actually lined this up, so I'm grateful for him. Yes. And uh, we're all blessed because of it and uh but yeah thanks for your time today thank you um what what a beautiful interview um guys reach out to peter check out his stuff you know check out his coaching get his book if you have a a loved one who's struggling please share him the link to this episode and let him listen to it if they're struggling with god if they're struggling with uh criminal behavior if they're struggling with drugs or alcohol if they're struggling just lying and manipulating have him listen to this story because if if he can change, anyone can. Literally. Right? Yes. <laughs> and so um, I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and listening to this. I love you guys. The belief you have in this means the world to me. Um, we're, we're, we're saving lives because of this, and this is why I do it. Um, it's not about me. Today it's been about Peter and his amazing story, and he's blessing all of us because of it. So I love you guys. Again, thanks to my sponsors. I love you. Until next time, take care.